Welcome, everybody, to the Kona Shane Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I got a fun one today, got a good one today, got a useful one today. My friend, uh, Ingrid Johnson, feline behavior expert, is back with me to talk about a tough case. I've got a rambunctious kitten that's pouncing on his demure owner who doesn't handle being scratched and bitten very well for legitimate reasons. Um, is this just the, what it means to have a kitten? Is there any way these two can live together? What are the pieces of advice that I can give her that are going to be helpful? Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome, Ingrid Johnson. Good to see you again. Hi there. Thanks for having me back. Always. I, I love I love having you on the podcast. I appreciate you being here. Um, I love talking cat behavior with you. You are super fun to uh, to chat with. And uh, I always I always learn stuff when we talk. So yeah, oh, I always have a good time. I love doing these. So thank you. Well, I have got uh, I, I have got I've got one for you. Um, I want to ask you about a case that I've got. And I've got this uh, this very nice lady. She is a librarian. She is uh, just a very demure, sort of quiet lady uh, <laughs> that I think the world of. And she has a three-month-old male tabby cat. And she brings him in to see me. And I think he's very fun. We have a lot of fun in the exam room. He chases cotton balls, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. bats things around. And uh, I love a cat that loves the uh, the little toy fishing line. And, he, you know, he, he goes right after it. Anyway, at home, he's a predator. Uh, he's he's uh, he he attacks from under the bed skirt. Uh, he grabs and he alligator rolls. Uh, he um, he uh, he invites her to pet his tummy and then he grabs her and then he just bunny kicks the crap out of her with his back. feet. <laughs> You know, um, he, he comes. Yeah, he comes off the top rope uh, with a flying elbow. Uh, he's he's <laughs> professional. He has he's a one cat professional wrestling company. And his mother is not she doesn't want to participate in his uh, in his WWE fantasy. Uh, and she's asking me, what do, what, do I, what do I do with this? Um, yeah. What do I what do I do with this? Um, I, and I and she holds out her hands and she's got little kitten needle teeth it's uh, it's knt it's a disease uh that that <laughs> needs more i think we should raise more awareness of the knt and the pnt the puppy needle teeth and the kitten needle teeth and so i i i feel i feel bad and i and you know and and for her she, she's a little bit older a uh, person and and she's got some concerns about getting bitten uh sure. and honestly so yeah let me i that's a lot to sort of drop on you but um but help me out how do you how do you treat this case where should, where should i get started trying to help this person how much time you got andy yeah, yeah. Um, well, my very first and foremost suggestion, if the client is willing, is to get another kitten. What? Really? A-S-A-P. You're like, you're like, you know what? I know this is terrible. Let's double it. And Had that will... we gotten a pair of babies from the get-go, this behavior may not be happening at all. It might. Some cats sure. will still do that. But it's just that they need an outlet for their predatory aggression. They're practicing their hunting instincts and their killing blows and they yeah. can practice on something. And well, well, when mom moves across the living room floor, yep, she's prey. 
And it's really fun to bust out from under the bed skirt and attack the prey. And then she probably vocalizes. Yeah. Which is very exciting because now we're screaming and squealing just like real prey. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, you look at the kittens and you see them doing these things and they're, it's, they're mm-hmm. clearly hardwired prey. But it's, it's actually fascinating to watch. It's, it's evolution, you know, and and, uh, and and yeah, exactly. At its finest of like this is this was baked in um, and, and it, it, it totally is. So, OK, that. That does make that does make some sense. And, well, and you it, have uh, a pair, you know, they 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 do this to each other. And then the human mm. hands are reserved for love and affection. Yeah. But since they don't have an outlet for it, anything's fair game in the house. And it could be the family dog, too. Is there an age range on, on that? Or is there a place where you say, you know, as a kitten, uh, you know, it's really good. But if, you know, if this was if there was an older cat, I wouldn't do it. Or at some point. It, it becomes more of a headache to introduce another cat. Anything like any considerations like that, or is that oh, kind of a go-to whenever you see this? Unpack yeah, that's that a great question. Um, so, you know, their, their early socialization period, th- that's sealed in pretty early. I mean, by nine weeks of age, they've learned a lot of their social skills and their ability to interact with other cats and what we call bite inhibition. Um, so when you start getting into six, eight, nine months, and that cat's lived alone mm-hmm. all of those months, it can be very difficult to introduce a new kitty because okay. their instinct is oftentimes to be aggressive towards that cat. They don't know how to, they don't know how to cat. Now there's exceptions to every yeah. rule, right? I mean, there's totally exceptions to this rule, but as a whole, the older the cat gets and the longer they're raised as a quote unquote only child, um, the harder it can be to ever bring in another cat. So it's not too okay. late at three to four months. I would, I would give it a whirl and I yeah. would get another male. Okay, tell me about that a little bit. Why, why do you say another male? I mean, if I'm well, going to neuter and spay both cats. Yeah, um, male what? cats like to engage in physical roughhouse play really well into their teens. And again, while there's exceptions to every rule, you get a little female kitten. She's going to give him a run for his money for a while. But once they hit two to three years of age and they're in social maturity, she's going to be like, um, really rather sit and watch the birds out the window and play with the feline flyer. We're not wrestling anymore. That's dumb. Yeah. So yeah. the physical rough house starts to subside more in the females. Doesn't mean she can't hold her own with him, but she's just not going to give him as much of a run for his money as another boy would, you know, for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. No, my wife and I have that dynamic. I, I get that. All right. Uh, what, what else? <laughs> I get that. Uh, uh, that's been my experience as well. many species. Yeah. Uh, I cry, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's number one is another cat. Moving on. Moving number on two, to they don't want another cat. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I think that honestly, I, I think you make a good value proposition, uh, and especially at, at three, three months of age. That seems, seems pretty reasonable to put forward. Um, you know, but but whether whether she whether she takes it or whether she doesn't, I'm assuming there's probably some other things I want to start to unpack as well. Yeah, I'll, absolutely. Well, we do have to make sure that we are reserving our hands and feet only for affection. A lot of people have created this behavior because when they're six weeks, it's super cute. When they are look ferocious little adorable fuzzballs attacking your hands, but as this client and many others may start learning, you know they are carnivores with sharp teeth and claws. And when they're twelve pounds and don't know when they're too much is enough, then mm-hmm. it really hurts. So yep. it's really, really, really important that we focus on a lot of interactive play here and reserve hands for only affection. And I will say, and this is a pretty difficult homework assignment when you've got a baby. And this is probably my second least favorite homework assignment to recommend. I have clients stop touching their cat for a couple of weeks. They can train, they can play, 
They can use their food puzzles. They can do all kinds of fun activities with their cat, but no petting. And when they start to introduce petting again, we're going to just stick to the head, neck, cheek, and chin. And we're going to only give them a couple little scratches and strokes and immediately stop and always leave them longing for more affection. So we don't push them to the point where they roll over and grab our forearm and bunny kick our forearm. Gotcha. Okay. That's, I have to sit with that. I, I don't, I don't know that I, as a full grown man, uh, have the willpower to not, <laughs> you know, to not, to not, I was like, wow. Uh, I, I know I, I love the pet again, uh, but no, it, it makes some sense. Um, Okay, cool. That that definitely makes sense. I really like the idea of reserving hands for uh for affection. Yeah, that that definitely that definitely does make some sense. I imagine, I imagine in practice, you know, once you come up with some workarounds and you have some uh, some things to play with them, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Some toys if you're if you're doing things like that, that it that it is feasible to do for sure. But um, honestly, I could a hundred percent now for the client that I'm talking about this seems very reasonable. You know what I mean? Because she's not a rowdy cat owner. She's, she wants a little, she wants a little companion. Um, And I think that that, that is something she, she might jump at the chance to be like, yep, sounds great. I'm on board. Uh, I'm just, just going to do some head betting. And, uh, and that will be that. So, okay. I do like that a lot. Um, So we've, we've talked about, we've talked about, uh, you know, getting another kitten, reserving hands, We've talked about using uh, toys and things like that. And mm-hmm. j- again, just starting to reintroduce petting to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Um, yeah. What else? And again, I mean, this is a predatory behavior, right? So this is just cats being cats practicing how to be a grown up cat. So that means just amplifying these suggestions times 100. So um, getting on a play and feed schedule would be really important. So we get an outlet for predatory aggression prior to a meal, our quote unquote kill. Um, So playing before you feed, really important. I feel like we talk about that almost every time we chat, but that's okay because everyone needs to know. But it's good, and, and people need to hear it. And and I and honestly, I need I need to keep hearing it because it's it's one of those things that kind of diffuses out of my brain over time. But yeah, it's like it makes a ton of sense, and it's just a good a good recommendation again. Hey guys, I just want to jump in with one quick update. Something I want to put on your radar. On December the twelfth, we are doing our last Uncharted workshop of the year. It's called It's All Fun and Games, How to Play, Engage, and Reward Your Team. If you hear that and you're like, oh man, I would like to play, engage, and reward my team, that sounds like a fun thing for me to do at the end of the year. I would like to have that kind of positivity in my practice right now. I would like people to be happy at work and to uh, and to feel like we want to take care of them. That's what I want. Well, guys, don't miss this workshop. It is coming up fast, though. You're going to have to jump on it. Like I said, it's December the 12th. It is from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific Time. It is free to Uncharted members. It is $99 to the public. If you're looking at your CE budget and you're like, I got some money left in my CE budget, you should be an Uncharted member. You should, uh, I mean, duh. You should be an Uncharted member. You should go ahead and get your membership and then come to this for free. And it's going to be great. Guys, Uncharted really is a smoother, simpler, faster, better way to run your practice and run your career. You are the average of the people you spend time with. Come and spend time with us. This is going to be a fantastic year coming up. You should be a part of it. UnchartedVet.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Now, let's get back into this episode. 
And then I think we have to really focus here on um, interrupting and redirecting the behavior. And sometimes we don't have to do much to interrupt the behavior. We could simply just redirect. But that means we have to set ourselves up for success all over the home. And so the families have to equip themselves with interactive wand toys or some of those nice long kick pillows. If you guys are familiar with kick pillows, they basically serve the purpose of the forearm that this kitty's, you know, grabbing and kicking. When cats kick that forearm, what they're doing is mimicking, eviscerating their prey. We call it yeah. bunny kicking for a reason, right? They, they catch a rabbit, it's a rather elongated body, and they have to kick the inner, the, the stomach of the rabbit and kind of slice it open. And then boom, now we have our meal prepared for us. So they're just- that's not it. That's not at all why I thought it was called bunny kicking. I thought it was called <laughs> bunny kicking because bunnies kick with both feet as they run happily through the field in the sunshine amongst the flowers, Ingrid. Not because their guts are being torn out for a meal. <laughs> well, like, maybe in your horror people- world, that's what it's called bunny kicking for. Are we going to wait to air this for next Halloween? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hold on to this now for a year. Like, no, okay. Uh, that Okay, so first of all, I, I'm going to have to Google bunny kicking. Uh, okay, maybe or- some of it is about bunnies. No, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I'm like, God, I feel naive. I feel like my rosy worldview is a lie right now. Is what I think. Yeah. Okay. But, they okay, are, cool. um, so, you know. pillows. I love it. I'm sorry. I did not mean to derail us with that, but I was <laughs> reeling. Uh, so, okay. So kick pillows. Uh, I, I do, I do love it. They, I mean, that, that, that makes a ton of sense to give them other things to attack on. Yeah. Can so you, you um, like insert appropriate. Yeah, totally. And, and, and it seems to me, so let me, let me make some, some suggestions and you tell me, you give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, it seems like probably when we talk about uh, puppies as well, a variety of toys uh, are, are good to have different toys for sort of different purposes, different needs that they have. And then also probably each individual is going to have types of toys that they tend to like and resonate with. Is that true? Absolutely. 100%. Cats can be very predatory, prey specific. And so um, they might only like birds and they might only like things that fly. They might only like snakes, thing, things that slither and they want to play with strings and shoelaces and, you know, but they might be non-discerning and just go for everything mm-hmm. you get. But I think we all have to accept for some reason, people don't accept this as much with cat toys as with dog toys. You're going to waste some money on some stuff. The cat's not going to be motivated to chase. And that's okay. Yes. Well, we, we see that a lot, too. People are like, I got her toys and she just didn't do anything. So I stopped buying them. And I'm kind of like, I need you to go back to the store. Yeah, exactly. You just haven't found the thing yet that gets them going. And also, we need to learn how to play with our cats. You know, we've got to evoke that prey drive, move away from them, evoke chase, you know, hide behind the leg of a chair and writhe around in pain and scooch under some tissue paper and really give this guy a chance to, to pounce and kill stuff. Yeah. You know, not just laser pointers, because laser pointers offer no satisfaction, no, yeah. nothing tangible to kill. Right. A lot of chasing and then no satisfaction. Um, can you can you talk me through a couple of things about um, talking to pet owners about interruption and uh, and redirection? And I feel like the stakes are a little bit high here because what I don't I, I think that people can grab on to interrupting and redirecting and make this a traumatic experience for the cat and and correct me if you you don't think i'm right but i just in my experience i've had concerns in the last couple of years of like oh man i think people get a little carried away with this or they end up uh making the cat really making the cat really frustrated or or you Mm -hmm. know or or evoking bad behaviors through their attempts to interrupt can can you can you help me to coach people with that well what we want to do is not instill fear 
So I, I once learned from another behaviorist, and I'll, I'll snag it and reiterate it here. We want a yuck response. So if we do something to correct a behavior or stop a behavior, and they run and hide under the bed for three hours, we've instilled fear. And that cat right. might now start to fear us. And mm-hmm. we're not fixing anything. We're just terrifying them. Right. It sounds no. like we're, we're creating more problems. We get some anx- anxious behaviors, litter box problems, things like that. that that's exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not a fan of the water bottles, but just as an example, like some cats, you know, you spray them with water and they're like batting at the stream like they could care less. Well, that's just play. So you're also not doing anything effective there. So punishment really isn't effective for most species most of the time. Right. So when we're doing things like spraying them with air and, you know, spraying them with water or doing any of these scary things that we think are somehow scolding them or correcting them, we're often just terrifying them. And then we're not giving them an appropriate outlet for the behavior. So people often say, well, why are we trying to play with them with a feather toy when they have just attacked my foot? Uh, We're rewarding them from attacking the foot. I'm like, we're not rewarding them. We're giving them an appropriate outlet for this energy. And that's what we have to overcome. Yeah, I, that's that's so insightful because you're because I hear that exact thing is is this is rewarding and, and 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 people have like this this just sort of a justice thing about it like you don't get toys when you bite me and I go ah, we have to reframe this in your mind exactly so I, I think that that I think that that's I think that's really helpful awesome that is uh that is super useful so we've talked about uh we've talked about getting another kitten uh, reserving hands for affection play before feeding timing things like that. And then finally, sort of uh, interruption and distraction. I feel like this is a pretty good little set of tools. Is there anything else I want to touch on? I think one of the other things I want to mention is, and I know this is really, really hard for people, but freeze and try not to react. Because, you know, say say the kitty attacks the ankles and you pull away. Well, that's what Freddy does. So we're going to want to dig in harder. Yeah. Freeze and be so boring like a tree that we eventually just give up and walk away because the foot is no fun. And same thing with any of our body parts. If, if we get, um, you know, a little bit of a finger nibbling or anything, we, we want to make sure that we don't vocalize and scream and squeal like Frank. I, I'm sorry. I made a face at you. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to. I felt, I felt myself making a face because I was imagining this tabby cat just attached to my arm and me trying to keep a straight face. And I felt my face <laughs> bending into this rictus of, of hidden pain. Like, ooh, that feels uncomfortable, uh, yes. but I'm freezing. I okay. have had some people successfully booby trap themselves. You know, they'll wrap their arm <laughs> in something yucky or um, one little trick is kind of crazy, but like double-sided sticky tape all over the bottoms of your pants or some rain boots or some just crappy boots that you don't care about. And when the cat dives at your ankles, they get like a whole bunch of sticky tape, which is really unpleasant. <laughs> so you got to keep the tape fresh. That's a lot of tape on your boots and jeans. That's, that's a heck of a project. <laughs> like uh, When people get really inspired and you're like, how much time did you spend on this project? And they're like, way too much. That's this. That's sticky, yeah. pa- that's sticky tape pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, that's man. pretty creative. But we try not to have to get there. And if you just get two kittens, oftentimes you don't have this problem. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Coming all the way back around at the end, I'm like, yeah, two kittens sounds a whole lot more reasonable uh, now. Than, and I was like, I think, I, I think this might be what you need. That's awesome. Honestly, we feel so strongly about it at our office. I mean, we talk to everybody that walks in the door with a single kitten that they need another kitten. They, they're social species. They should have a friend. Yeah. They don't usually get to go outside like dogs. So they need a buddy. And um if you don't want to get to get an adult that hates other cats. 
So we don't, we got to stop the cycle. Yeah. Gotcha. I love it. No, I think that's, I think that's, that's fantastic. And thank you so much. Thanks for, I got a lot to think about that. It's really good, really good uh, advice for me to be able to give to my client. And um, man, I always appreciate your insight. Where can people, where can people find you? I know you're doing some, uh, some lecturing out in the world these days, uh, which I think is super great because I love when you get to lecture. You are, uh, you are amazing and you help people and you have a ton of insight. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more? So many places. So fundamentallyfeeling.com. And I offer yep. behavior consults, medicating consults, and vertical space design consults. So feel free to utilize us however they like. And of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And occasionally you might see me lecturing for, I don't know, a couple of random companies, Royal Canaan, etc. Good deal. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, I always enjoy having Ingrid on. She's she's great. And she gives super practical to the point advice uh, that I find myself using in the exam room. So thank you uh, to Ingrid again for being here, guys. Check her out at fundamentallyfeline.com. I put links to all her stuff down in the show notes and in her bio. So have a look at that. Guys, if you did enjoy it, if you got something out of it, leave me an honest review wherever you get podcasts. It really does mean a lot. Uh, it lets me know what kind of episodes you guys like to hear and is how people find the show so anyway guys uh we're in the holiday season uh i hope you're having a great one guys take care be well talk to you soon bye